0: My reading this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt, and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Malcolm, very much indeed. Particularly uh, for parents with uh, younger children, possibly younger daughters, and perhaps uh, 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 parents with granddaughters, uh, the advent that you may really think you're waiting for is the advent of the release of Frozen 2. But I promise you that there is more to life than that particular advent. And today, as we come on Advent uh, Sunday, uh, we know that Advent is, is one of those times in the year, uh, isn't it, when we're uh, encouraged to step back from the rush of life uh, and reflect on where we've got up to. Uh, you know that in the churches year uh, Advent is actually New Year's Day. So, Happy New Year to you, because it's the start of a new year. And the idea is that at the start of this new year, we take four Sundays, not only to get ready for Christmas... But actually to stop and look back and notice what's going on around about us. Uh, to look at our lives and our circumstances with fresh eyes and in fresh ways. But as we look, we look forward. Uh, we look forward in hope. The other time of, of kind of getting ready, as you know, is Lent. Uh, and maybe Lent is about looking back at things that could have been better. But Advent is looking forward to things that are to come. And therefore we look forward in hope. And we look forward in hope because our hope is always in Christ. It's not in ourselves. It's not even in other people. It's certainly not in our circumstances. But the Advent hope is hope in Christ himself. So maybe on this uh, Advent Sunday, in that hope and in that expectation, uh, there's time just to say uh, to ourselves, well, you know, where am I with God at the moment? Uh, Where have I got to? Uh, What am I making of what God is doing in me and around me and through me? Uh, Where am I with myself? Where am I with God? And where would I like to get to as this new year unfolds? How should I be? What should I do? Uh, What is God saying to me in the place where he comes to me and finds me today on Advent Sunday? But we ask all these questions, not with doubt and kind of torment, but in hope and expectation, because it is Christ who is coming. And as he comes, he comes with hope. And one of the reasons we... Look forward in hope is precisely because of Isaiah's reading. We know that God will keep his promises that he makes to his people. Isaiah breaks into history about 700 years uh, before Christ. And at that time, the people of God, God's people, were in a terrible situation. They were looking back to a glorious era when King David had brought a wonderful uh, kingdom and a, a great uh, future but now their kings were corrupt and they were self-interested and only interested in their own power and status not the well-being of the people over whom they had authority Uh, what was left of the kingdom was divided north and south and invading armies were poised to strike and people knew that they were under threat and there was a great imbalance in society there was great injustice. The rich were prospering and the poor were deeply suffering. This close to an election, I'm not going to risk any comparisons. <laughs> but, but, but you get the picture of, of how it was for God's people at that particular time. But you see, into that despairing situation, Isaiah launches straight in. Uh, with this uplifting reading we've had this morning, with this uplifting promise of hope. And so to start off with, Isaiah says, know this, however desperate it may seem your situation, God does not give up on people. And there's always a new start and there's always a new beginning with God. So maybe we can have the passage back on on, on screen and just uh, look uh, through it uh, for a moment. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. Uh, The the shoot will come up because the old stump of Jesse, the kingdom of David, has been cut down. Uh, All the glorious past has been cut off. But, says God, there's a new shoot coming. A new shoot, a new king And a new saviour that will bring a glorious future. So verse 2, the one to come will be one who will be full of the spirit of the Lord which will rest on him. And that will be a spirit of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. All that it means to be filled to the fullness with the spirit of God. That's the one that you will find coming to you. And what will he come to do? Let's look at verse 4. He will set wrongs right. With righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. Do you see how, in, how in a, 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 to the poor, that was desperately good news? It is exactly what they were wanting to hear. And how often do we say in our own lives, and so, it's not fair. And how often do we say it of ourselves, but more often do we say it for our, our other people. And we're looking at Advent season for the one who comes, who will right wrongs and deliver to just, true justice for the people of the world. And the one to come, uh, verse 6, the one to come will bring harmony to creation. All that destroys life will be turned into all that enhances life. The wolf shall live with the lamb. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. And that haunting phrase that echoes down the years, isn't it? A little child will lead them. We look for the coming of Christ, the Christ child, this Christmas time. And verse 9, God's presence will be clear and tangible everywhere. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now I don't know how it is with you, but actually these words kind of speak to me and, and echo quite deeply Uh, within me, they're full of hope they're full of expectation, they're full of Christ promised now experienced for us at Christmas time soon to be revealed in glory when he comes again at the end time do you remember Narnia? let's have the first Narnia uh, slide uh, up if we can uh, find it. it where it was always winter but never Christmas But how is Narnia going to change? Let's have the second slide, if we can. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bares his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. And so how does it work out in Narnia. And now the snow was really melting in earnest and patches of green grass were beginning to appear in every direction. Unless you have looked at a world of snow as long as Edmund, one of the children, had been looking at it, you would hardly be able to imagine what a relief those green patches were after the endless white Now clearly we're not there yet and Advent hope, Advent expectation comes to us precisely in this in-between season. We live between the knowledge that Christ has come, we live with that security, we live with that certainty, we live with that joy. But we know his work is not finished yet and so we look forward in hope to when he will come again and complete and fulfil and transform the work that started with his first coming and which started in us and through us. How do we know he will make all things new? Because he has made us new. And his work of transformation has started with us. So Advent is is in a funny way, is about waiting. Because we are living in this in between times but it is waiting in hope waiting for something you know will be good and therefore we wait with excitement and, uh, and uh, anticipation perhaps I don't know about you but I, I'm, I'm not good at waiting actually traffic jams do my head in I I am at my most bad tempered in a traffic jam, and that's saying something I have to say to you. But more profoundly, waiting uh, when you don't know if it will be good news or if you don't know if it's going to be bad news. I know, I know how difficult that can be when you wait in anxiety. And this Advent Day may, may find you exactly in that place of testing and uncertainty and anxiety because you don't know what's going to happen next. But that's a, a bit what, is, what it's about. It is about living in this in-between time between Christ's first coming and his coming again in glory. But know this. Know this. Yes, it's a time of waiting, But it's a time of waiting. We're not alone because God waits with us. We worship a God of waiting who is with us in the waiting. So whatever the circumstances of our waiting today, we wait with God alongside us. And we hope in Christ, because Christ has come, he has come at Christmas and comes to us daily by his Spirit. And we find his presence deep in the waiting. But is it just the sort of hanging around sort of waiting? I don't think it is, because what Advent says to us is, what are you waiting for? What are you longing for? And as we answer that, we find a new question coming to us. Are you working for what you're longing for? Are you working for what you're waiting for? There's that phrase, isn't it? Be the difference you long to see. What are you longing for? Comes back as the question What are you working for? And the answer may be something simply along the lines about the courage to change, actually. Just the courage to do something a little bit new and a little bit different. But actually the answer may be a, a slightly more uncomfortable. Actually the, the answer may be, I will give you my grace to accept that where you are is where you're meant to be. I will give you the grace that however things are now, I am there with you in it. And that actually is my calling to you at the moment. And so there's this little uh, Advent prayer, uh, which I've, I've found. It's not an Advent prayer, but it kind of fits somehow. Uh, Lord, help me not to run ahead of you. And get impatient, so to speak. Lord, help me not to run ahead of you and try and make things happen which are not in your time. But Lord, help me not to lag behind you. If you're wanting me to move on, help me to move on. So Lord, help me not to run ahead of you, nor lag behind you, but put me beside you in this adventure of life. May I walk the speed and direction that you're walking to in this adventure of life. So a time of expectation, a time of hope, but a time to step back and reflect. And maybe you're saying, great idea, Colin, uh, but where on earth are we going to find the time and space to do that? Kia has the answer.
2: Um, Absolutely. That was so beautifully unpacked, what Advent is and what Advent means, and what it can mean to us. And how we can really dwell and give space um, to pause and to reflect of where we are, where God is beside us. And there's a really beautiful opportunity I'd love you to um, feel encouraged to come to, which is a week on Tuesday. It's our usual encounter slot next Tuesday the 10th. And we're really blessed because Alex Jones, um, who worships alongside us in Blackheath, puts together every year a really special Advent meditation that she does with her home group. And she's been really generous and and offered it out to us as well. So we're going to, she's doing a separate one for her home group as she does every year, but we're doing one here in Wanish next Tuesday. And it's a beautiful opportunity to come, to be, to have readings, to have poetry, to have beautiful music, um, and to have silence and pause just to give us that opportunity. I know what it's like day to day, rushing around just to grab five minutes. This is a beautiful opportunity um, to come and really soak up and soak into and lean into what Advent is really all about. So it would be great to see you there.
1: So just nail the time and place again. So it's
2: 8pm next Tuesday, the 10th of December. here. here. Here, here.
1: So your questions of how to do it are completely answered now. So there's the invitation and the opportunity. The two W's of Advent are watch and wait. Wait and watch. Looking for Christ to come in unexpected ways and unexpected places. Where will you find Christ in your life this Advent? Where will you look for him? In hope. And in the theme of our readings this morning... I look for him in places that the scriptures tell me to look. I look for him in places where there's wisdom and understanding. I look for him in places where there is advice and power to change for the good. I look for him where there is understanding and respect for God's authority. I look for him in the places where there is delight in God himself. I will look for him amongst the poor and needy. I will look for him in places where people cry out for justice and fairness. I will look for him along the ways that will bring peace and reconciliation. I will look for him in the places where God's hurting creation will be healed. I will look for him in the places which will open my heart and expand my vision of what he comes to do. So that the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I look for him to come to where I am in my life now. And maybe that means looking for him in unexpected places. Here's just a little video clip about where God comes near.
3: Here we are in Advent, talking through the story, the reality of God the Son, Jesus Christ coming near to us, invading our space. But today I want to focus on how God in Jesus Christ comes near to us. Luke chapter 2 tells us that Caesar Augustus, the, the ruler of the known world at the time, called a census. He wanted to know who was a part of his empire, he wanted to get everyone on his books to make sure that he could tax them, to make sure that he was running an efficient kingdom. And so Joseph and Mary had to travel to little old Bethlehem where Joseph's family comes from. Bethlehem, the backside of nowhere. Bethlehem, what? God the Son, Jesus Christ coming near to us in little old Bethlehem. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes and they put him in a manger in a horse stable. The God of the universe, he should have come to one of the power hubs. He should have come to Rome. He should have come to Jerusalem and set up his kingdom properly. I think God decided to set up his kingdom properly by invading all of those little places that we think he's overlooked. You see, in Jesus Christ, we find that God's glory comes to us in the places that we think are God-forsaken. When Jesus came onto the scene to start his ministry, they started asking questions about who is this guy who's doing all this great work? They said, he's some kid from Nazareth. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? They start laughing about him because his credentials don't match up with their expectations. Can anything good come from Nazareth? And God answers that by saying yes. Yes, something good can come from Nazareth. My glory is here to invade all of the God forsaken places. So today, as you live your life, maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you think you're on the train this morning going to your meaningless little job in your meaningless little town with your little family background that doesn't mean anything and God says to you today in Jesus Christ, I am here to invade all of those places that you think I've overlooked. God's glory shows up in the God forsakenness. So today I want to challenge you, what's that one place that you think God's not going to show up today? And what if he's here just to show up? To invade your space? What if he's here today to show up to imbue you with his glory so that you can spill out onto all those people in that little place and for the glory of God and for the good of those people? Today, I pray that you would ask God to open your eyes to see his glory in those places that you once thought God forsaken.
1: What are you longing for? What are you hoping for? What are you praying for? What are you working for this Advent? Introducing the of the Star theme, the national theme that's going to hold our Christmas uh, services together. You've already seen it on some of the literature. Justin Welby said this. Christian waiting and looking forward is never just a passive thing. It's about allowing our hope for the future, to change the world in which we live. It's about being open to the challenge of the Spirit recognizing where God is already at work so we can join in. We're not just imagining the future. We have a God who works today in our lives to make this future a reality and calls us to join in with him. The word that echoes through Advent down the ages is the language that Jesus spoke, isn't it? Maranatha. Come, Lord, come. Come. So where in our life today are we saying, come, Lord Jesus, come? Just a moment of quiet reflection.